Hmm. Oh, that was a long Christmas flight. Ho, ho, ho. Oh, it was a little tiring saying that after a while. You know, after that long flight around the globe, I think I could use something to listen to to ease me a bit. Let me, let me listen to this. Oh, oh, what is this? Two dudes, one double feature. Hmm, let me, let me take a look at this one. Uh, not for kids, okay. And, um, uh, their opinions don't reflect their employers. Um, alright, this seems reasonable enough. <laughs> oh, a Christmas episode. What do they talk? How Krampus stole Christmas? What? Welcome! Welcome, everyone, to Two Dudes, One Double Feature, the show in which two dudes talk two films, and that is about it. I am Dude One, St. Nicholas! Dude Two, the ghost of Christmas past, because when you're gonna hear this recording, uh, this recording will be recorded in the past, but you will be listening to it in your present, and then, I don't know. That is, that is elaborate. <laughs> <laughs> bah humbug uh, I think it fit, it fits with today's movies <laughs> it does it does it's good stuff <laughs> oh my gosh anyways welcome to obviously if you couldn't tell the two dudes Christmas episode and our final episode of 2020 and we're still in a pandemic yeah yeah we are yeah how about that hopefully at some point when we decide to you know we're just you're just sitting down we're getting ready to do our next christmas episode we go do you want to listen to the last one we're like wow (laughs) we were in a pandemic then i hope that happens i'd like to think the world will change in 2021 one can only hope right now but you know that's that's spirit of the holiday season is you know hope and wonder and joy so yeah <laughs> let's keep it up huh all that sappy nonsense like who who wants that well I, I i wish i wish we had some of that right about now you know well you know what i think i think we'll get it because that's what this show does this show the show brings good tidings to all. Just pure entertainment. At least I hope it does. But again, hope. Hope. Yeah. Hope. Hope. 
hope. <laughs> like the S on Superman. Anyway, this is prolonged. <laughs> How are you? I'm all right. You know, uh, by this point, hopefully I, I've uh, I've done that video. I'm not sure if it's out <laughs> at this point. Yeah, I've, I've been waiting because, like, you know, I'm like, I put mine out. Now it's your turn. <laughs> Where is it? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I've just been, I, I edit this podcast too, so it's like, I've been doing a lot, a lot of that. And then also just general Christmas decorating, a lot of holiday planning, work wrapped up in that. But when I do have free time that's not podcast or, you know, holiday related stuff, I do watch movies sometimes. And I picked up Arrow's uh, big Blu-ray edition of Django. Django! Django! I just I, like, and it, it's like it's like when we said cathedral in the in the in the radio drama that the bell rang every time. Like anytime you say Django, 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 but <laughs> <laughs> but uh, th- it, this is about like the classic uh, Django with Fra- Franco Nero uh, spaghetti western, and it was a good time. I I, I had a good time uh, watching it. It was only like ninety minutes. And, you know, just, it's, it's a really just a good time watching Spaghetti Western when you just watch the English dub and it's, it's sometimes they obviously don't match the person (laughs) who they're trying to dub, but that's all part of the fun. Was it, was it just one movie? There's another movie, um, there's another movie in the set, uh, Texas Adios, which I believe was released in some areas as a Django movie, you know, because it's, it's a Spaghetti Western, so you could just redub it into whatever um, and it also stars Franco Nero. It, it was really cool because obviously I'd seen Django Unchained, fan of that movie. Really, get, to get to see the original was was really cool. And the, the Blu-ray is really nice. I was watching the, uh, there was an interview with Franco Nero talking about how he became an actor and how he got involved with the production. So it's a really nice package. I got like the really nice like special edition from Arrow. Arrow's been knocking out of the park, I gotta say, between their, like, giant Gamera set. I might, might talk about this later on, uh, hint, hint at later on the episode. <laughs> but, you know, they did, they did a lot of great great stuff, so I, I had a good time watching Django. I was say, you've been really diving into to that Arrow stuff, which, I, like, I've always known noon? What? Did I just say that? I've always known that's the word. Um, that Arrow existed, but I was surprised because I know you like like kind of going into like you know checking out older movies and stuff, and I figured that was one of the companies you were already already kind of like diving into. But I feel like this year you really went for it, and you're really getting into it, so that's really cool. Yeah, it just started. It kind of started this year when I got that um, American Werewolf in London set that they had, and uh, from there I've just it's, I've I, I've been in love ever since. But yo, gateway drug. Yeah, basically, as far as film goes. But how is how is dude one? I'm all right. I mean, my allergies have been really bad lately, so I apologize if like I'm scrambling or I'm doing like it sounds like I'm doing other things. We're gonna try to edit all that out. But actually, what I was thinking about was editing your sneezes into like an auto tuned like version of like the Twelve Days of Christmas. I never gave you consent to do that. So you think? Listen, I put it on record. I never gave him consent to do that. <laughs> oh my god <laughs> bless you <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
Oh, you jerk. Uh, <laughs> I'm okay. I, I'm just been like chilling, obviously. Like, I, I haven't been doing much. Um, I picked up the new Assassin's Creed game because, I mean, I mentioned in the uh, Disney episode that we just did with uh, Alex Ford. Hi, Alex. Um, I mentioned Odyssey, and the next one was that just came out uh, a couple weeks ago was Assassin's Creed Valhalla, or as uh, a Morton Joe says, Valhalla. <laughs> and it's honestly, it's like at least so far, it's probably my favorite in the series, just because like you know I love like the medieval England kind of time period, and I also like that you can go to Norway and and really go for it there. Um, I love that these more, like, recent games have decided to, like, really steep themselves into the culture that they're basing a lot of the characters on and also the mythologies. Mm-hmm. So, like, in, in Origins, it was set in Egypt, so, you like, you got to encounter Egyptian gods and all that stuff. And then in Odyssey, you got to encounter a bunch of different, like, uh, Greek gods and Greek mythology, like Atlantis, like I was mentioning. Right. And with this one, like, you know, like, Norse mythology, like, Asgard and Midgard and Helheim and Zeus, Thor, or not Zeus, but like Odin, pardon me, Odin and Thor and all those guys. So uh, that's really cool. And also just you get to be a savage when you're a Viking. So you just wield two axes and just go ham on someone just like, (laughs) that's just a good time. That's a good Christmas if you ask me. (laughs) Yeah, that sounds like fun. I've also uh, been trying to catch up on some comics that i've been wanting to read i just read um and i and you know not to give jeff johns any kind of attention because you know he's allegedly a a dick but <laughs> pardon but you know allegedly he's a dick but i read mm-hmm. his batman three jokers book and is i was i was definitely excited for it and um, as far as like the direction that it goes, I think it does a better job of like showing because like when you think because like the book it's it kind of plays like somewhat as like a spiritual or almost like a literal sequel to the Killing Joke. And when I think of the Killing Joke, you know, like especially in recent years with that book, like you have the Joker doing something truly horrendous. And yet we have this backstory that's like trying to kind of make us understand him or like sympathize with him a little bit, which is probably like, obviously when you look at the Joaquin Phoenix Joker movie, like obviously, like I completely understand like people feeling like that movie is trying to make you sympathize with Arthur Fleck and whatnot. So that's definitely, I feel like where that inspiration comes from. And in retrospect, like with the killing joke specifically, it feels very weird. It's like, you know, he lost his wife and kid and then went crazy. But then when he's in the future and he's the Joker, he cripples and sexually assaults Batgirl. Am I supposed to sympathize with this guy? <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, um, I like that this book at least f- puts the focus more on the victims of the Joker and the trauma that the Joker's caused and how that has affected people and how they've kind of come out of that situation versus focusing it on the Joker. So, and the way that they do that, they do make some weird choices in, in a lot of instances. And and I think the ending of the book specifically would piss a lot of people off. Because I know the book has pissed some people off. 
but I at least I I like the direction that it went. I I don't know if I would call it like one of my favorite stories, but the art by Jason Fabach is amazing. It's some of his best work. So it was all right, but that's all I've really been doing lately, honestly. Um, so going off of of stuff we've been doing lately, because we have other stuff that we want to talk about, but uh, do you know what you guys are doing for as far as Christmas is concerned? Honestly, like every Christmas over the last few years, I've been working. Because I work basically, I either it was either like retail or you know whatever, and with those kind of like nine to five jobs, like even now because like I'm back at work, guaranteed I'm going to be working on Christmas Day. So that I'm not entirely happy about that, but you know, it's just at this point it's just a necessity of my job. But I try like every year I've tried to at least have Christmas Eve off because every year my family would try to celebrate on Christmas Eve. And for the longest time, like when I was younger, we would go to my grandma's house and we would celebrate there. And then we'd pick up my 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 other grandma, my dad's mom, and then she would stay with us. And uh, we would all open presents together. But sadly, both of them have passed away, and we haven't really we haven't really had much of a tradition. Like we go to my aunt and uncle's house um, every now and then, and then um, sometimes we'll go to one of my grandma's like closest friends who was like kind of like a family member and like a like a relative anyway just like how close she is with us and then we would just go home and then open stuff in the morning and then I would go to work <laughs> at night so as far as what we're doing this year I imagine we're not going to be doing any of that or at least if they want to do something like that I hope they change their minds but I know guaranteed I'll probably be working that day okay <laughs> what about you well you know, see, obviously, we're recording this post Thanksgiving. This is like literally after Black Friday. This is after this is the day after Black Friday. We're recording this. We we're, we've been recording these early, but with Thanksgiving, we this was the first time in basically my whole life where we did a Thanksgiving where I didn't go to like go out or eat with my extended family, basically. And the great thing about it was that when we told them, which was probably like a week, a week or week and a half or week before, you know, Thanksgiving, they were very understanding and very cool with it, you know, because I right. feel like that's yeah. that's part part of it with with some people is they don't want to look weird by by, by canceling plans because they see other people are still, you know, moving on ahead and all that so um yeah it was very nice it was very nice um it was just uh my mother my brother and i and we we actually had food like kate like we got food from a place it, it, it says this year it, it the holidays are just going to look very different you know for a lot of people and i'm very fortunate and you're also you know fortunate where you, you know you're, we're with our families basically you know yeah 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 as far as that's concerned see but there's going to be other people where their families are really far or they are just by themselves. So, you know, my, and if you're do, like, you're doing the right thing and you're, you know, you're struggling, my heart goes out to you. You know, it's rough. It's going to be a rougher, rougher time, time of the year than normal. So. Oh, for sure. I mean, I was thinking about that. Um, Cause I, I mean, I made it's admittedly, it probably felt somewhat like of a, somewhat of a long winded Facebook post, but it, it I genuinely meant everything I said, but you know, in that in that in relation to that as well like you know thinking about a lot of people that have been taking everything that's going on like with the pandemic and the virus and everything taking it seriously 
social distancing, wearing a mask, and knowing that while you would rather, especially these days, be with your family, be with your friends, travel safely uh, without having to worry about anything, and yet you don't, you choose not to because you know that you could endanger them, you can endanger yourself, and it's it's incredibly it's incredibly tough, and it makes it even tougher when you when you do see some of those like other people still traveling or still doing things for the holidays, and you know just just going about doing things while you're here, and it, and it sometimes it makes you it kind of drives you crazy a little bit. I don't know if that's kind of the same for you, but like I, I admittedly I see that sometimes, and I'm like, do they not know what's going on? <laughs> But again, I don't know how I don't know what's going on in everyone else's life, but still it's like at the same time to those people that are having to deal with, you know, stuff like that and are really going through that like without a doubt like like you said my, like our heart goes out to you, our hearts go out to you and your family and hopefully this will be the only Christmas and the only holiday season where we have to worry about this. Yeah, I mean, like I said, folks, it's like, you know, you're not alone out there. Definitely people, you know, all over. And and just to put, you know, I, I haven't been able, my, I have a long distance relationship and I haven't been able to see my girlfriend in person the whole, like in over a year, mm-hmm. you know. So that's been, um, shout out to Allison, that's been very tough. So just, just know, like, if, you know, if you're struggling and if you're just like, emotionally drained or emotionally just like just really really upset you know we get we 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 not we get it not fu- we not might not fully you know know what's going on with you but we yeah we might have some inkling but i don't want to talk about sad stuff right now it I'm was done. it's 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 worth mentioning though just the way that the way it that is. everything's been but yeah but in all seriousness you know we do hope that everybody's okay and you know again stick through it and you know if you if you if you need to feel like you have some company you know hopefully if this podcast does that for you like that's cool that's awesome hopefully we able to let you pass some amount of time so we have movies huh (laughs) yeah we have movies we got Um, movies well one of these is is more of a tv special it's our third tv special yeah, it's our third TV special, but this one is a way better TV special than what we were um, working with <sighs> the other thank, day. Thank goodness <laughs> this is actually a good <laughs> TV, because that last one, man, I'm st- I don't know if I forgive you. <laughs> I, 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 can't, I can't blame you. It, I can't blame you, you know, but this one is a classic. This is a bonafide classic. It is you've you have probably have seen this special a million times, or have at least seen it once, or you certainly know a song or two. You have to at least know who it is or what it is. Like like it's one of those things that's just so ingrained in pop culture. That we are of course talking about uh the animated adaptation of Dr. Seuss's How the Grinch Stole Christmas, the TV special. From 1966, the year Batman was a TV show. That's right. This was done in 1966, as we said, based off of the very, very famous book by Dr. Seuss. I thought it was Theodore Jessel. Theodore Geisel. Is it Geisel or Jessel? I believe it's Geisel. 
I believe it's Dr. Seuss. I think I think you're wrong. It's Dr. Seuss. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm usually wrong, so you're probably <laughs> right. But anyway, Dr. Seuss is How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Obviously, very famous book and also very famous holiday special. This was directed by Chuck Jones, who is very famous... Uh, if you're an animation fan, for directing a lot of Looney Tunes cartoons. He directed a lot of those, like, the the, the Looney Tunes cartoons where Bugs and Daffy be like, Wabbit season! Duck season! Mm-hmm. Wabbit season! Or One Froggy Evening is a personal favorite of mine. You know, hello, my baby! Hello, my honey! Hello, my ragtime gal! You know, that the frog, Michigan J. Frog, as he's known. Michigan, Michigan J. Frog, yeah. Who was uh, the mascot of the WB channel before it was the CW? That's wild. And what's funny is this is not this is not the first collaboration between Chuck Jones and Dr. Seuss. Funny enough, what was the first? The first. Okay, so Dr. Seuss helped uh, helped with the Private Snafu cartoons. This was like a Warner Brothers thing. They were like cartoons that they would make. Oh, for... like the, didn't they make those for like World War Two or something? Yeah, World War II, like Private Snafu, you know, is just showing all the things that you shouldn't be doing as like a soldier. Like, you know, don't, don't, like, you know, I don't know if it was Private Snafu or if there was another cartoon where they said like loose lips sink ships and stuff. I mean, that was a common phrase anyway, but like they, they would have a lot of like, like propaganda type stuff, basically. Yeah. And Chuck, J- Chuck Jones was, um, Chuck Jones was involved with that. And, uh, Dr. Seuss, I believe. Um, was like a right was a writer on those, and he he helped write some of that stuff, or you know was at least involved. But anyway, this is a great pairing, I think, of two very creative, um, very creative individuals um, with this product. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, you know, again, you just look at the you look you just look at the you know their work, and it's just like it's like a match made in heaven. Absolutely. Um, so. With the with the Grinch, um, basically, you guys should know the story. The Grinch is a very very cranky, grumpy guy who lives on a mountain with his dog, Max, mm-hmm. and he he observes Whoville, where uh, it is occupied by the Who's, and the Who's are you know are really obsessed with Christmas. You know, they're decorating up the wazoo. They gift give until, you know, the cows come home and all that stuff. Do they have cows in Whoville? You know what? They might. They might. What do you, they would call them like milk milk clunkers or something or like the the yeah, the milk clunker the milk maker or whatever. But the Grinch just wants to cancel it. He wants to be like hashtag cancel Christmas. Cancel Christmas commercialism is a problem. Yeah, and that's that's one of the big things with it with this one is, yes, the Grinch has definitely become a product of like commercialism and all that because oh, all, you could buy all the books. I have Grinch ornaments from Hallmark. I have Grinch Funko Pops. All the like Grinch like adaptate like you know the Jim Carrey version, the Better to Coverback version, <laughs> like that's yeah. It's become one of the more more commercialized like you know specials and commercialized characters for christmas but this is very almost like a very like anti-commercial or anti-consumerism thing where you know spoiler alert by the end everybody's like happy without their possessions you know like the grinch thinks that christmas the meaning behind christmas is the presents the celebrations 
the gift wrap and all like the excessive things we attribute to Christmas, you know, and the hype. But really, it, it's sort of about like this, like this unity, this togetherness, you know, or at least it should be about that anyway. It should be, especially these days. You think about Christmas, and you think about all the stress and all like the 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 aches and pains of having to like, you know go to any go to any and every store just to find like gifts for all these people and then you got to find like like the food so you can have like this big feast and you put all this work into it and it's just so stressful and it just gives you so much anxiety because you got to get everything just right and perfect for this whole like like literally putting so much work into one day just so that that one day is good but then like you just at the end of the day you're just exhausted like, I don't think I've had any Christmas where, like, it's just not, like, at the beginning of it, it's all just, like, <laughs> See, for me, I feel like Christmas, like, because for a lot of people, Christmas, a fish sort of, like, the Christmas season starts, like, right after Thanksgiving, or even at, on Thanksgiving in a lot of ways. Any Anytime, like, a sale starts, like, Black Friday or, like, Cyber Monday, like, it's, like, Christmas, let's do Chris, it. Christmas, and then by the, t- like, Christmas Eve, it feels, it can feel really nice, but then by the time, after, after, like, 12 o'clock on Christmas Day, you're just, you're just done. You're just exhausted. You can't just like, no, handle thank you. it. No. <laughs> no. But, yeah, that that's, that's definitely one of the things at the core of the Grinch. But one of the other things, we were t- talking about Chuck Jones, you know, obviously animation legend, and what I, one of the things I really like about about the um the Grinch and like the other characters is that they're very like the main characters of the Grinch, Cindy Lou Who and Max, they're very distinct. They're that you can identify their personality um through a lot of the visuals paired with uh Boris Karloff's narration. But we talk about all the time like the, the faces of the Grinch, like when he's like he has that grin that he has when he gets at that awful idea. The classic grin. The Grinch got a wonderful, awful idea. And, you know, just, just things like, like when the Grinch is like, you know, tapping his finger up and down, we get that really great shot where we're looking up at the Grinch. Mm-hmm. I, I really like the design of the Grinch. Like when you see, like when the Grinch is talking, you see like how nasty his teeth are, even in silhouette and shadow, you see how bad his teeth look. They're just snaggled. And like, there's like, like some of the teeth are shorter than the other and like teeth are laid on top of teeth. Like, like he clearly needed braces or something. Maybe that's why he was so upset. <laughs> he just, my teeth hurt. I can't eat the roast beast. That's why he just carved it. He can't actually eat it because it hurts. Yeah, that that's probably it. We need to we need, sympathize. <laughs> we do. But one of the things too, like Max, I was reading up in this, like Max, the dog is kind of like, you know, like almost like a porky pig or like in certain instances, like Daffy Duck, where he he's the one that suffers. Yeah. And, and you look at his face, like when like the Grinch is just throwing down the bags of stuff that he stole, and Max is just like, "Oh crap!" <laughs> like the carpet or whatever, the rug, and it just like shoots right out of the chimney. Like he perfectly, expertly chucks all this stuff out of the chimney, and then it just perfectly goes. <whistles> and you think it, anywhere else, it would have just crushed Max and killed him, but no, he just got like <laughs> sucked into it, just like whoop, and then like a star popped out of the top of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, poor Max. Poor, poor Max. In any adaptation, Max is is the is the best boy. 
Like, I was watching him. I was actually watching the Jim Carrey version. And, like, like Jim Carrey puts a red nose on Max. And Max is like, nah. He <laughs> just pops it off. Isn't that the part where he, like, makes fun of Ron Howard or something? That, and he also says, like, he makes fun of, like, consumerism. He literally, I think he says, like, co- commercialization or something like that, you know. I, th- I think, I honestly, I think I, I think I remember, hold on. He says something like, um, you reject your own nose because it represents the glitter of commercialism. Why didn't I think of that? Brilliant! Brilliant! <laughs> but, and then, and then, when you look at Cindy Lou Who, she's all, like, innocent and pure you know, pretty much. And you were pointing this out to me, too, with the design of Cindy Lou Who that I never really realized before. She kind of looks like someone, doesn't she? She kind of looks like a little green fellow we know about. And his name is Baby Yoda. <laughs> I think at this point we could say, no, she does not look like Grogu. We could say his name, the Baby Yoda's <gasps> name at this what? point. What? Spoiler alert! It, if it took you till Christmas Day to find that out, what are you doing? Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah, his name's Grogu. <laughs> <laughs> no, but no. Um, she looks a lot like, but minus the antenna, which is unique for her as well. But she looks a lot like the Grinch, which I think if I read, I think I read that Chuck Jones did that deliberately. I could, I don't, I could be wrong, but I think, I think so. You know what? And like, I can kind of see it, especially when you see like the Grinch is like happy about something. Like you can kind of like this, the, the facial expressions are, are fairly, you know, you could kind of see the similarities, um, in them. But I also really like the, just the visual comedy of, of this whole special. Like, like I love the, the imagery of like the tree in the middle of like the town square being like turned into like an umbrella basically and he carries it around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love um uh like when uh, he's stealing the star on top of the tree and he has this he he takes a toy truck and it has this super elaborate like jankety ladder and he stands perfectly on top of it like daintily just like I am perfectly fine. His balance is impeccable. Oh yeah, that that was great. Or or when he like he's get, he's getting the stockings, so he takes a magnet and he uses the magnet over like the nails, and he just gets the stockings in his bag. <laughs> he's just so inventive. He's a quick thinker. He's he's pretty is pretty smart outside of um outside of uh, taking care of his teeth, you know. Which uh, Grinch, you got you got to get that taken care of now that you're a, a favorite. There citizen. are dentists in Whoville. I I pretty sure there's dentists in whoville we need i was gonna say we we need we need a holiday special where um hermie the dentist from rudolph crosses over with the grinch and like, <laughs> fixes the grinch's teeth it's like it wasn't his heart that needed to grow it was his teeth that needed straightened they just needed to need some uh some some fixing it's just it's just like fix and like all of his green hair like falls off it turns out he's blonde and he has antenna and it's Sidney lahoo's dad wow that that'd be a wild wild plot twist but i'm also thinking about um this this version of of the story like the most probably the most famous aspect of this is the song the like the the grinch one or the yeah the uh, the you're a mean one mr grinch but also like the um the like the the carol that they sing is is pretty famous You'll hear that on 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 radio on the radio during Christmas. You will you will hear the um the the Who like Christmas song, mm-hmm. um 
you know, but like the the Grinch, you know, uh, you're a mean one, Mr. Grinch, um, sung by Thurl Ravenscroft, who legendary voice actor. You could hear, you could still hear his voice if you go to a Disney park and you go on the Haunted Mansion or go on Pirates of the Caribbean. And he actually, if I'm not mistaken, he was the voice of Tony the Tiger for a while. Well, now I want some Frosty Flakes. You know, I hear, I hear they're great. <laughs> I do have, a, I, I do have a, I have a question. What was your first? Because I, I asked this a couple of times. What was your the first time you watched anything Grinch related? Because I'm curious if it relates to mine. Was it was it this version or was it like? It was this version, but I will say, you know, I was six years old, like when the Jim Carrey version came out and I was already obsessed with the Grinch anyway. And then that just took my obsession with the Grinch to like another level. Basically, I had all the toys. I had the making of book, which is where I first learned about Rick Baker because Rick Baker did the makeup on, um, on the 2000 Grinch. And like, I remember watching it a lot. The, the animated one as a kid. I remember it being a favorite of my dad's. Um, you know, I remember having like a like a Max plush and like a Grinch plush and all that. So, you know, it, it was it was exposed to me at a, like a pretty young age. But the other thing I remember too is like the 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 Halloween is Grinch night or whatever special. Mm-hmm. You know, and that always freaked me out as a kid. But what about you? Exactly the same. Oh wow! It that's that's what I was curious about because I was like, I wonder if it was the same as mine because. When uh, like I wasn't, I might, I don't know if I would call consider myself like a massive fan at that time of the original one, but I knew it and I liked it. Um, it was one of the few like holiday specials because like if if I'm being honest, I never really got into like the stop motion ones. Like I know like they're classics. I just wasn't really into them personally. Right. Yeah. 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 So like when it came to like watching some of those like television holiday specials, that's the one I latched onto the most. And I think because it was like a tr- more traditional cartoon, but I, I think it was also mostly because it was Dr. Seuss. Cause I really liked Dr. Seuss. Like I grew up with like hop on pop and cat in the hat and stuff like that. Uh, but when the Jim Carrey movie came out, I was literally all about that. Like I had all the toys I had, I had um, the, the, the one where he had like the Santa suit, but I also had the one where he had like the sweater with like the headpiece I had the sleigh. Um, I had the whole thing. The only the only sad thing is that um, around that time as well that I think about, I believe one of my relatives passed away, and so it was pretty. That was kind of a hard point, but in relation, in like, so I wasn't really thinking about it as much at that point, but it still kind of lingered. And so, like, that was one of those movies that, as years had gone by, people had been playing it so often that I kind of just like I almost kind of rediscovered it because at that point like it just kind of stopped because of that tragedy you know what I mean but it's actually funny you say that because like my dad passed away the year that Grinch came out so that was like one of the like first like major pieces of media like the Jim Carrey Grinch that I was exposed to post my father's passing um and I and like it was like one of those things where you know I think that's why I haven't really rewatched it that often. Like I, I watched it a bunch in theaters, and I was obsessed with all the merchandise and all that. But it's like after, like I, I don't think I was actually re- trying to rewatch it before we did our show. And I think the last time I saw it was like maybe almost over fifteen years ago, or something crazy like that. Right. But 
Uh, I, I, but, but speaking of like Grinches, like you got to get the Grinch right. And they really set a high standard with this special because they got horror, horror icon Boris Karloff as the, as the Grinch and the narrator of this piece, which is kind of funny. If like, say like, if you only know, which I'm sure this is the case for a lot of people, but if you only know Boris Karloff for Frankenstein, like I imagine like especially a lot of little kids or like younger people who have seen Frankenstein or know him from that would watch that and go, so does the Grinch just go, yeah, Christmas bad, (laughs) (laughs) Christmas terrible, (laughs) Uh, but he he really, I think like with the the character of the Grinch, like you you almost get like a soup, like a sense of like a super villain classic style too like the, like the twirly mustache type villains you know what i mean mm. like i'm gonna lay you on the tracks and the train will run you over and nothing will happen to save you <laughs> and the narr and when he does the regular narration it's very sophisticated um and also uh to mention june foray uh who passed away a couple of years ago um she's voiced so many so many different characters uh witch hazel you know, in like Looney Tunes, I think she, I think she was the the grandma too, for a bit, uh, for a long time, or you know, if not, basically, decades. And of course, uh, my my big connection with her is she has voiced she voiced Rocky the Flying Squirrel in uh, Rocky and Bullwinkle, including in the um, in the live action Rocky and Bullwinkle movie. So, you know, June Foray is also you know very good in this, and like the little part that she has um, in this special. I've actually never. Side note: I've never seen in its entirety the the Rocky and Bullwinkle live action movie, and I'm kind of happy about that. <laughs> you know, our, our friend Gifford, our friend, our mutual friend uh, Gifford, gave me that DVD, and it's an awful movie, but it's one of my one of my favorite possessions that I have is that DVD because it came from a friend. It it, it and he and he figured, you know, it's like I know Joe's into. Rocky and Bullwinkle, so let me get him. Uh, let me get him this disc. So shout out to Giff. <laughs> Love you, Giff. I got to rewatch Rocky and Bullwinkle, so that might be my next binging project. But back to the Grinch. Wow, like this feels like the Batman Returns, where I'm barely talking about Batman, in, uh, <laughs> in, in, like in his own movie. Like, like, is there something we should be talking about? <laughs> the Grinch. <laughs> but I think the Grinch is. The Grinch, I think, has endured. You were talking about a lot of those like stop motion specials, like Rudolph, uh, Santa Claus is coming to town, and then like, mm-hmm. the animated Frosty and whatever. I think why the Grinch has sort of like outlasted as far as like I think in terms of quality those specials is because it's not just a completely like sappy thing. Like the main character of this special is awful. He just hates Christmas. And you get to see it all from his perspective, whereas the other specials, they're like, oh no, we gotta solve this. Or, they're like, really, really good guys. Right. And the Grinch has a character arc in this. He's got a whole thing. Like, it, like, cause he, like, the first time we meet him, he's literally just, like, staring down at Whoville, just like, with just so much, like, discontent, just, I hate them. I hate all of them. I want them to, I want them to die. Their stupid Christmas spirit. Just so happy, jerks. <laughs> now he has he has a whole thing. It's a whole it's a whole thing. 
And at, you know what? At least at the end of it all, he does ha- grow. His heart does grow, like, obviously two sizes that day, as as the rhyme goes. Um, but you know what I think it is as well? Is that, you know, it's just, I, I don't, it's just something, there's just, it's just, it's like lightning in a box, like something magical about it. Is that Chuck Jones and or the, Chuck Jones and especially Dr. Seuss when he was writing the story, you know, you know, Dr. Seuss was just kind of like at this point because he was like fifty three when he wrote the book. I don't. Did you know that? Wow. Yeah. I I guess like I guess I didn't realize that, but wow. Yeah. That's he was, wild. He was fifty three when he wrote the book, and he was at this point where he was like, "What's happened to Christmas?" <laughs> so he was kind of like the Grinch a little bit. And so, you know, and I feel like a lot of like we we just we just we just talked about like somewhat of our own um, eggs towards like the way Christmas has become and the way Christmas is perceived, um, even in modern times, because it's just it it does kind of feel like that a lot of the times. But you you it's nice to have something like the Grinch that gives you that nice reminder, and not even with some kind of like heavy like you know religious connections or any kind of like you know heavy like meaningful like this or that it's just a simple message that christmas isn't just about what the presents are christmas isn't just about what the decorations look like christmas isn't just about how good the food is christmas is about unity like the holidays are about you know even in these times when we can't physically be with each other is just you know loving your family and loving your friends and loving the people around you and being together. And so I, he, that's, it's just a very simple, but super truthful message. Yeah. I, I think that, I think that sums, sums, sums it up and like, go to your point, like lightning in a bottle. They've tried to adapt this. Like you have the Ron Howard movie, of course, with Jim Carrey, you have the illuminations, um, animated movie, Benedict Cumberbatch. And, they might have their like little like things that are like pretty decent and, and things here and there, but it's just like I think ultimately that it's just like a simple thing. Yeah, that this thing doesn't like try to make a huge extended affair of the original book. You know, you might have some padding here or there to fill a half hour, but it's not like a two-hour you know you know feature film. It's just a very simple story told very well by by some of the great you know some of the great artists of their craft of the 20th century and that's why i think it um it will uh last you know well past us honestly oh yeah unless there's like 12 more adaptations (laughs) no and then they're just like up just back to the original we'll just keep watching boris karloff (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's like did you want to watch the new one i think it's got tom holland in it i think he's like 40 now it's like no nah, we'll just watch the boris carlos <laughs> <laughs> let's listen again i i think i i sort of alluded to this in in like one of the other episodes i want adam driver as the grinch oh my god adam drive yes adam driver listen adam driver for anything adam driver as the grinch but like instead of him just being in like a green suit or whatever it's just adam driver and it's just like simple things he's objecting to in christmas and then it's like a very (laughs) simple like like resolution and it's like it's really nice but anyway anyway uh i think you know 
unlike the the Grinchiness of the Grinch, we're not very grumpy about this uh, special. We really love it. No, it's um, fantastic, and it, it's it's fantastic. With that said, we're gonna take a brief, brief intermission, and uh, when we come back, we're gonna talk about a, I would say, a new holiday tradition for the well, not new, new, but fairly new holiday tradition for the both of us. Stay tuned. Is it over yet? What? We're on the air? Alright, well, thanks for tuning in to WKTXC, Classic Rock Radio. And you just got done listening to the new Christmas single from Chaz Carruthers and the Struthers Brothers, entitled, All I Want for Christmas is Peace on Earth. (sighs) Off to rocky start this morning, but don't you dare touch that dial. Because Santa visited the studio last night with a Christmas surprise for all you naughty boys and girls out there in Radioland. That's right, folks. We've got none other than the Buttersweets here to help me spin this next Christmas record. Now don't get too excited. Tex Ritter is not here in the studio. Oh, no, 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 he's not. He's far too famous for a two-bit lousy no-good radio station like this. <laughs> Oh boy. Uh, what was I talking about? <laughs> Those guys. Oh yeah, these guys. Uh, we've got the Butter Sweets. Now, these guys aren't famous, but it's Christmas morning, so nobody's listening to this anyway. <laughs> okay, we've got Monty Apple Juice Montgomery and good old Patty Pata Butter Dean here to introduce our next Christmas number. Uh,. Um, good, good sir, it's actually, uh, Lamont Mr. Juice, Montgomery? Mr. Juice, it's my advice as your attorney to just accept the nickname and move on. Listen, jerk, I'll call you whatever I want to call you. Like I said, we've got Apple Juice Montgomery and Doyle St. Doyle, his legal representative. Hi. And good old Patty Pata Butter Dean here in the studio. How you doing, Patty? Well, I went out in the herd, went out in the field, you know, and I saw one of the besties, and I don't know where I just, like, started rotting off their ear a little bit, and it just fell, and I screamed and ran away. Gee, I'm glad you're doing well. You are always my favorite member of the Buttersweets. I just love your voice. Oh, my butt hurts a little bit, you know? All right, apple juice, let's start with you. Okay, fine. Okay, so you're suing Tex Ritter, is this right? Sir, yes I am. I'm suing him for a whopping $200. God, you're such a jerk. He only ever paid me and Patty with skee-ball tokens. If anyone's a jerk, it's him. Um, uh, Mr. Lamont, I- I'm afraid that is not entirely relevant. Hey, St. Doyle, would you describe your client as a low-down, dirty liar? Um, no comment. No comment on that one. No comment. Well, that sure is a vote of confidence, Mr. Doyle. Well, skee-ball, that's a pretty fun game. Hey, Patty, did you have fun playing skee-ball? Well, you know, that, 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 that I was in the house and uh, nowhere. I was just kind of just trying to enjoy myself. and, and I was See? Like, Patty had fun. Patty had side-splitting knee slapping fun. You heard it for yourself, isn't that right, Patty? That is a crazy old Listen, princess, if you want to say something, you're going to have to speak up a little bit. Repeat yourself. Uh, my client does not need to do any such thing. I said Patty is cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, sir. Um, what? You need to check your attitude, mister. 
You made Patty Pat a butter cry. You monster. I did not mean to make him cry. I was just being honest. No comment further than that, please. He's nuts. There, there, Patty. Don't cry. Monty's just a bitter old jerk. I don't think you're nuts. And the fact of the matter is, sir, interviewer man, Tex ripped us off. I wrote Girlfriend for Christmas for my girlfriend on Christmas. That is so lame. You're lame! Oh, yeah? Well, compared to you, I'm ice cold. Girlfriend for Christmas. What a corny song to sing for your girlfriend on Christmas. That's what she said. Then she broke up with me. She broke up with you because the song sucked? No, that's not why. She broke up with me because Tex sang the song, and she left me for Tex. Okay, can you, can you just shut up for a second, please? Can you stop talking? Some idiot's trying to call in. Okay, well, it is Open Line Friday here at WKTXC. And it looks like we've actually got some loser trying to get in on this. Okay, you're on the air. Make it quick. Hello? Can you hear me? Yeah, what's your name? Tex. Tex Reader. Um, Tex? What? Tex! Okay, j just shut up. Shut up. Alright, this is my show. Okay, Tex, you want to say something to these old farts? Yeah, I, I want to say something to Monty real quick. Just spit it out and get off the phone, old man. Monty? Yes. I forgive you. And I hope you learned your lesson. Bye now. Hold, hold up now. Hold, bring bring him back. No. Bring no, him back we, up. We, we do not need to do that. Put that. Um, no comment. No comment on that one. Look, man, I'm actually not in the position to have my time wasted, so hurry up and introduce the song. Okay, fine. This is Girlfriend for Christmas. It'll be such fun
WKTXC is not responsible for any bodily harm you might have caused yourself while listening to Girlfriend for Christmas. As self-proclaimed sole author of the song, Lamont Montgomery will assume full legal responsibility for any cash grabs you desire to grab within the next 24 hours. If you were lucky enough to escape with your eardrums intact, you may still qualify for a cash settlement. If you contact the legal team of Doyle St. Doyle, you will promptly be shown into a waste paper bin, so must file a lawsuit through a fraudulent tax attorney. Conditions may apply. And we're back! Welcome back to Two Dudes, One Double Feature. We just talked about the 1966 classic how the Grinch Stole Christmas. Now, we are going to talk about another grumpy Christmas icon, but someone a little bit darker, someone a little bit spookier, someone that might literally drag you to hell if you're bad during the holidays. And that is, of course, the star of the 2015 brand new holiday classic, Krampus. Ooh. Jingle, jingle. Joey, stop it. Stop with the jingle, jingle. God. <laughs> I think I peed a little. <laughs> Clean up in Isle, Ohio. No, I'm good. I got it. <laughs> Krampus. Oh, man. Krampus. Like, I knew we had to talk about this one as soon as we, we were sort of decided that, that we were going to do trick or treat. In our, in our Halloween special. Because this this is kind of like a sequel, almost. Like, this this episode is almost like a sequel or like a follow-up to our Halloween episode, given the parallels. You got two holiday specials that I think have aged pretty marvelously and are very, very unique in their own way. And then two... And aired on CBS. Aired on CBS. And uh, two, you know, holiday-themed horror movies that I think we both enjoy from the same filmmaker. Michael Doherty! Absolutely love Michael Doherty, even if he is the one of the co-writers of Superman Returns. <laughs> listen, listen, we all, we all have our, our missteps or things that, you know, maybe we're not, we're not very proud of or whatever, or... or... <laughs> You know, I know, I know, I know. Chris Columbus has has pix pixels and the first two Harry Potter movies and Home Alone. I'm sorry, this is Joey, the Joey, Joey, the... Joey, 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 Joey. <laughs> you're you're not making a good point with that one. <laughs> I kid. I recognize they were successful, <laughs> and that is all I will say. And 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 now now everyone's so sad because they're like, are you telling me we're never gonna get a Home Alone double feature? Yeah, probably not. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm so sorry. Man. It's it's mostly Joey's I kid. Fault, if you really. enjoy, if, seriously, if you enjoy them, I'm really happy that you're able to enjoy something that I'm not able to enjoy. But that's all I'll say. <laughs> anyway, so Krampus, um, like I said, 2015. A uh, little holiday horror film from Michael Doherty, and this is a movie I actually like. Cause like I talked about, I talk about a few times, like how in our re regular lives, like you're typically showing me a lot of stuff, but this is something I showed you. Yes, and I was actually like really excited because I I saw this in theaters because I knew that Michael Doherty had made Trick or Treat, and so I really loved that, and I wanted to see this, and I saw it, and I was like. I, I, I gotta show this to Joey. I think he would like this. When it came, I think it was when it like officially came out on Blu-ray. I was like, Joey, we gotta, we gotta sit down. We gotta watch this. And so you were like, 
okay. Because so, <laughs> sometimes, admittedly, sometimes we'd be like, I got to watch that. Or be like, I'll get to it. And I'm like, because I do that too. But we're, but this is like one of the few times we're like, you know what, let's do it. So we sat down, we watched it, and it was one of the most fun like uh, like viewing experiences we've had. And doing it again for this was even fun. So it was it was just like a fun memory. Oh, yeah, that, that was a good time. I really, I'm a huge fan of, the, of this movie. Um, I think, was this the first one of his that I saw? I... I might have been. Did you see Trick or Treat before you saw Krampus? I'm trying to remember if I did or not. My memory is a bit vague. I don't remember. But point being, point being, you know, I, I like I really enjoy both of these movies. What I like, one, one thing I think find interesting too is that I, I had heard about Krampus before. You know, like because again, there's there's that like you know that legend of Krampus, and they have like that one. What's that one Krampus festival called, or what like the one Krampus? something um like krampus i don't know it's like in austria it's an interesting like um interesting like holiday tradition and but this movie also just i feel like brought even though this movie wasn't like you know a billion dollar hit or anything like that it did help bring krampus a little bit more into the into the mainstream this movie is you got you got a family you got a family uh and they are you know, they don't get along 100%. And, you know, the one kid in the family... What's the main character? Max. Max, thank you. Max, another Max. Hey, hey. <laughs> I mean, you gotta imagine, like, there's some kind of, like, Easter eggs in, like, the movie that connect to a lot of, like, other Christmas movies. So I imagine maybe maybe he did name it after Max the dog. I don't know. Maybe that's one of them. No, but Max is, you know, he, he loves Santa Claus... And he wants to ha- have like a like you know, like how I sort of like with White Christmas, like you know, he wants to have the Christmases that he used to know. Basically, you know, he wants to have that ideal Christmas. Mm-hmm. But his family just can't get along, and he rips apart a letter that he was going to write to that he wrote to Santa, and then that's when um, the proverbial uh, eggnog hits the fan. It's not even just that they don't get along; it's that some of them actively like piss each other, like piss the others off, <laughs> just like. Uh, the uncle, who's uh, I don't I can't never pronounce the actor's name, like David. He was an anchorman. Uh, cr- yeah, Champ Kind from Anchorman. Um, he uh actively like like presses Adam Scott's buttons, like saying like, so where did where were you training? What was that? Military, Navy? And he's like Eagle Scouts. And he's like Eagle Scouts. Wow! All oh, the Eagle Scouts. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> we don't need Rudy Giuliani. Rudy Giuliani. <laughs> but like, even like the cousins are like actively like being a jerk to Max. They're like, we're gonna read his Christmas letter and embarrass him. But it turns out it's like super personal. <laughs> like, like everybody. Like obviously everybody's trying not to, but then some people just make like poke those buttons and do it intentionally. And then some don't. Then, then some do it unintentionally, like like the like the like the aunt, like uh, or like um, like right. She's the aunt. The yeah yeah. So um, like she like she doesn't like she's just an honest person. She's not trying to be a jerk, but it just happens because she has no filter. But she's also drunk a lot, and, and she's also when you get to that when you get to that age too, you're just I I just don't think you care. You just don't give a shit anymore. 
No, but yeah, they, they like not getting along is definitely like, that's definitely putting it lightly. And then like they get attacked by all these different, like weird, strange holiday thing. They get trapped in their home. Like there's a massive like snowstorm, uh, a very sudsy snowstorm. Cause fun fact, if you didn't know, you know, in the world of, of Hollywood movie making kids, I don't know why I'm turning into like, I'm starting sounding so condescending. I'm, I apologize. But <laughs> no, because like in this movie, there's a giant blizzard. Um, and when you're making movies like that, that have stuff like that, you know, it's best to have as much control of that as possible. So they filmed like the whole thing on a soundstage. And so all of the uh, all of like the snow and stuff is basically soap. Like non-toxic soap, and I definitely noticed that uh, towards um, towards the latter part of the movie. One thing I got to say with with this viewing of, of the movie, especially, is I really I really liked the characters. I actually found the characters to be really good. Like that, like that's like when you think about a lot of those like classic Christmas movies that people love, or like you know Christmas Vacation, for example. I think is a big like reference point for this movie. Um, it's that idea of like this super dysfunctional family and like everybody's butting heads with somebody or another. But I think with this one, like, cause the characters, at, at least in my opinion, don't really change in some of those movies. Like you just kind of like, it's that like whole, it's that whole adage of like, well, you know, we're family, so whatever. But at least with this one, it was more like the family was going, listen, I'm sorry I was the way I was. I'm like, I like it. What it's, it was, it's, it's, you know, they're reconciling with each other. It's not just like, you know, Oh, we're family, whatever. It's like, we're family. It's, it's like everybody realizing we're family. I apologize. You know, let's get through this and not get eaten or killed or whatever Krampus does to them. So I kind of, I kind of liked that they, they went with that approach. Like I, I love the scene when the uh, when the uncle and uh, when Champ Kind <laughs> and uh, um, Adam Scott are talking, and he's just like, "Listen, you know, I, I just want to say I appreciate you having my back out there, and I'm sorry I, I treat I I th- I treated you so awful, and you know, thought you were like a square this whole time." And he's just, and then he just goes, "Thank you." So it's just, it's like, it's it's nice to actually have that for once. Mm. I, I definitely want to mention a few people in this. I mean, Tony Collette, though. Okay, so you know we love Tony Collette on this show. If you don't, we love Tony Collette. I mean, it's out there. You should know it. She's she's a gem amongst, you know, I don't I don't know where I was going with that, but she's amazing. <laughs> no, she she's she's great. I, I one of my favorite parts uh, is early on in the movie where like. The, the, the daughter said, like, repeat something that she, like, sort of said. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, you told them they should stop breeding. Like, I never said that. So they should get a test before they start breeding or something. Yeah. <laughs> and you can clearly see, it, like, her, her frustration as, like, as, like, the mom, you know, having to prepare the, ho- the holiday and trying to, attempting to hold this thing together best she can i mean there's other people trying to do that too but exactly this movie like especially this opening of this movie really depicts almost like for as zany and as outlandish as this movie gets it really depicts like a truthful almost representation of a for a lot of people during the holidays like the normal 
time and during normal times so like adam scott is the busy dad you know he just like he he wants like he loves his family but he you know he's constantly working so he just doesn't have the time the daughter is a teenager so all she wants to do is stay away from her family and be with her boyfriend and smoke weed um the mom is just trying to make everything perfect and precise like everything everything is supposed to be exactly where it should be and then you have uh, Max, who all he wants is, you know, old Christmas. He just wants it how it used to be. And then you have the the crazy family coming to visit who are super, super different. I mean, they're very much like you can almost cons- – it's almost like – not to get political, but it's almost like, you know, the at, like Adam Scott's family or like the Democratic family and then Champ Kind's family is like the, the more Republican family and it's just like – you know, like basically, they're so different that they clash. It's like oil and water a little bit. Yeah, it's a, it kind of like that that idea of like you know people dread the holidays because they don't want to hear their crazy uncle Cletus say something, some stupid shit, or whatever. <laughs> exactly. Um, or sorry, like some like their crazy uncle or whatever, or crazy aunt. And I I think again, like just the anxiety of the holiday season is on full display. Exactly. Especially the opening scene where it depicts the black Friday, where it is, it's like what you read in like the headlines where people are trampling over each other, trampling over workers. Oh yeah. Even just like, like, cause like you have all those admittedly funny, but also very realistic moments where like people are like beating each other up to get gifts. But then like the most accurate shots is just the, the tired exhaustion look on the ca- on the cashier as he's ringing out all these people and then the just the worried like like anxiety look of the customers just like do i have enough money for this this is gonna break my bank oh my god oh my god just like that stuff those are the those are the like the shots that i resonate with the most as far as just like the true feeling of everything but if there's one light at, uh, amongst like one true bright beautiful light of uh, amongst all these dysfunctional clashing characters and i know you'll agree with me on this it is by far one of the greatest movie grandmas in the history of movie grandmas omi hell yeah omi omi is the best she this is even my letterbox review she like she like she doesn't even need to but she bakes all like the essential like beautifully done you know cookies and cakes and various desserts she tells like great stories she clearly clearly loves and cherishes the family like she's she has clearly like a huge connection with max like uh max is like max and obviously the dad because that's you know her son are like one of the few people because she speaks german typically through the movie and you know while max doesn't speak german he understands what she's saying so they clearly are close and as we often theorize with characters like this she could easily beat thanos we also said the dog in this could sometimes beat thanos he does have a bad day though <laughs> sometimes sometimes the dog is like is sometimes like star lord in infinity war other days like iron man at Endgame. but you know it's 50 50 we're we're only human and he's only a dog <laughs> or she, she i think i think the dog was a she oh she part oh sorry because yeah it was rosie yeah no but what i uh, but the omi character is interesting because you know a lot of the time when you have like like holiday movies, it either leans into the commercialism or like the 
you know, the more sometimes the religious aspects. This I feel like like you were saying like the spiritual aspects of the holiday, right? And especially like this holiday, this holiday as like almost like a like a winter celebration, as opposed like to the winter just, solstice, like the winter yeah. solstice type of deal. Like especially that fla like think about that flashback, like the the story that she tells about her past Christmases and and whatnot, which is also a great sequence. That whole sequence is amazing. And especially, like, when you deal with something like Krampus, it feels like a very pagan, you know, very pagan character with, like, the horns and, like, the hooves. Yeah, because, like, the whole... Because, you know, obviously, like, in case you guys didn't know... You know, I'm sounding condescending again. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but, um, like, the thing is, like, there's a lot of um, aspects of the Christmas celebration that happened before at least how modern especially in america the modern uh conception that you know christmas is to celebrate jesus christ and so i i kind of like that this movie especially with the omi character kind of connects to that aspect of it and kind of brings that back a little bit which is really cool so like it really gets to the the, the history of christmas a little bit and, and one of my other favorite things with omi as well like she was talking about max is like she was asking max was asking her if she believes in saint nicholas she's like she she does but there's sort of like a like a saint nick naturally yeah naturally but saint nicholas you know is almost like almost like an idea and you can find him in a lot of different different avenues and different things it's not necessarily just the big ma jolly man in red who you might see at the mall or might see in a bottle of coca-cola you know it's like the idea of gift giving of selflessness exactly that's it's the idea of being kind to one another being being you know coming together it's just like that that natural like it's like a physical representation manifestation of the holiday spirit that you know the grinch was looking for or the Grinch was like, like, what? This is it? I didn't think of that. And so that's, you know, that's like the thing that she pushes on Max and the thing that, you know, she wants Max to understand. And he really does. It's just, it's hard when everyone else around you is, uh, you know, difficult, I guess is the easy word to say. <laughs> you know what? Ma Max is almost kind of like the opposite of the Grinch. Exactly. Yes, yes, yes. The Grinch is very... He, he hates Christmas, and he's very grumpy and grouchy, and everyone else is so happy. Whereas Max, Max would probably love it in Whoville. He would, he would be so ecstatic. Oh my god. He's surrounded by people who are either Grinches or just, you know, terrible. You know, people that are just very, you know, uh, they have a lot of, lot on their plate, I'll say. Yeah, but, and, like, it's, and it's crazy to think that, like, this movie um, gets that deep. But, besides all that stuff... If there's one thing this movie showcases wonderfully, it's the creatures. There are some freaky, yes. awesome monsters and all types of crazy stuff in this movie. So, like, let's just let's just go down the list. So, first off, one of the first besides Krampus himself, who's really cool, but one of the first creatures we meet is a jester jack in the box that like has like a porcelain face and his jaw opens up and like it gets bigger and wider and he's got these like tiny rows of teeth and he just swallows people whole dude like i was gonna say like the scenes with him are like the best predator movie we've had in like forever honestly yeah <laughs> i hate to say it especially given Shane Black did the last one and what is Shane Black most famous for putting christmas in his movies what <laughs> Shane 
Shane Black, what the heck did you do? This should have been better. I'm sorry. Shane. Shane on you. Shane. Ding. Shane. (laughs) Ding. Oh, man. (laughs) Yeah, I got to bring back Game of Thrones a second there. But... No, he that was such a cool like monster. And all these are practical effects, by the way. Like there's like a few digital effects, but a lot of them are practical effects. We also have these like demonic toys. So there's like a like a stuffed animal. There's like uh like the angel you hang up on the tree that um I think Tony Collette and I'm I'm just quoting an article. Um uh, uh Tony Collette, I believe called uh Angel Bitch. <laughs> and I'm just imagining like like instead of like Instead of Britney bitch, it's just angel bitch. It's angel bitch. <laughs> oh my god. That's going to be in my head forever now, and I love it. There's also... <laughs> that was just funny there's also um like a robot that had like scissors and like a knife or something for a hand the gingerbread cookies there's there's like little gremlin like gingerbread cookies that are hysterical and they're like oh my god you could talk about them you talk about them listen no the be- the best is when they're on fire and, the- and like they're like they're like ah! <laughs> and they're like trying they're like they're struggling and it's just Oh my gosh! Oh, when they have like the the, the nail gun or whatever, or like the screw, the screw. yes, <laughs> and then they're like shooting. <laughs> oh man! And then one of the oh one of the craziest images too was uh, when when um when Adam when Adam Scott and his uh, his brother in law are in that other house and they see the gingerbread man is like stabbed. And it's like stabbed. Yeah. <laughs> One of my favorite designs is towards the end of the movie, because, like, obviously, Santa Claus has his reindeer, right? Krampus looks like he has got, like, these ram, these ugly, like, ram, like, stone-looking looking things that are just so... Right? Oh, man. It was so cool seeing those. Oh, they're so cool. Oh, my God. And uh, what else does Santa have? Uh, uh, in the, in the uh, great campy, like, Omi line... Before this big like reveal, when like you know you you hear like ruffles and you hear like like you hear Krampus's howl, and then you just zoom in on Omi and she goes, elves, <laughs> <laughs> and then and then all these like then all these elves just like burst in. And they all have these like wicked masks, these super wicked masks. They look like they're. I mean, granted, it is Weta that did it, but it looked like they were pulled straight from Lord of the Rings. Like this is like the Lord of the Rings version of christmas or something it actually makes made me think of uh american werewolf in london where you have like the nazis the nazi weird nazi demons yes. in that one dream that one dream scene like pulling out you know killing everybody or whatever um i'm trying to think of a, a other i like the way this movie uses like holiday music you know just as, as like a sort of like almost uh yeah I, I, almost ironic but also like especially the opening scene where, where you say it's, it's beginning, beginning to, to look, look a lot like Christmas. <laughs> and then you just see slow motion, everyone just beating up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> one of my favorite scenes, or one of my favorite things in this movie, speaking of the camp and like the creature stuff, are the sound effects. Oh my God, the sound effects. Oh my God, they're so good. Like when, um, when there's like, like, like the, one of the first ones that I really love is when, um, cause there's like, 
uh, one of the cousins is just like this, like kind of over, like somewhat chubby little boy that doesn't do anything. He just stands there and like he makes the same dopey face. And then um, Krampus and everyone goes fishing, right? And so, like, everyone's asleep in the living room, and you see this really, like, elaborate hook and chain with, with bells on it, like, going down the chimney, and one of the gingerbread men's used there for bait. And it looks really tasty, I will say that. It looks it mm. looks demonic, but it looks tasty. And so, obviously, the kid sees it, and it's just like, oh. And, like, he, 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 he takes the bait, and the cookie, like, wraps the hook around him, and then, the, then he just goes, like... <laughs> And then he gets pulled, and then when the kid like hits his head on the on the chimney, it goes bang. <laughs> My favorite is those like the the evil teddy bear, and like it get it gets shot at, and it, as it like m- like it's like pressed against the wall and like sort of falls down, it's like this like weird like squeak that that happens. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> or of course like I love I love when uh. I love when he gets stabbed in the eye with an icicle, like the teddy bear, and it's just like, quack, like it's just, it's just that, like, like they just yeah. poked like like a pudding cup or something, or like when um, uh, the ant gets pulled out the window, she's like, see you in hell, and it's just, whoosh, it's just like, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man, like this movie, like I feel like, admittedly, when this movie came out. People didn't know that it was supposed to, that it was like attempting to be like super campy, like in like a classic like Amblin style movie. And so, like, admittedly, it could have been maybe a turnoff for some people. But like, I just watched it and I was like, this is the most fun Christmas movie I've ever seen. Like, it's it's a little spooky. Like, it's definitely got really great creature designs and it's really great cinematography. But it's just so campy and fun. Yeah, it's a it's a really good time. And I also say this too as somebody who notoriously like i i don't do too well with with horror movies but i feel like this and trick-or-treat are ones that you can they're kind of like at the borderline of like of spooky of spooky and scary but this one's definitely i think as a silly as a sillier edge to it than its predecessor as we stated like with the campiness mm-hmm. um another thing to point out too this this movie's pg-13 it is and you were you were saying something about that uh, that like you were asking me about that and i was like I, it, it intrigued me so yeah c- elaborate good sir yeah so pg like notoriously like you know p- people have mixed feelings on pg-13 to say the least but especially with horror movies i feel like i hear this a lot yeah with horror movies or some superhero movies where it's like oh if it was rated r it would be amazing oh if it was rated r it would be so much better but with this movie i, I was like it's pg-13 but i was never i was never like okay this doesn't work for me. That uh, that that what happened there. That's that would have been way better. I'm like, no, this this it fits. It's the, the rating fits the movie pretty well, and I don't think making it R would have had much of an impact. I think honestly, too, a lot of it, and I was this is what I was saying to you is I, I think a lot of it is that people are so desensitized by PG-13, which is so ironic given the whole point that PG-13 exists is because. People thought PG movies were too were getting too hard. Yeah, and a, and a lot of it too is because so many movies that, especially movies that kids are allowed to watch, and and you know movies that people watch with their families, like you think of like a lot of the Marvel movies, a lot of you know superhero movies, a lot of big like blockbuster type movies. You know, we think of those as like you know PG thirteen, and for some reason, like because of that connotation, I I honestly think PG thirteen is desensitized for a lot of people. So they they don't think that PG thirteen can go hard, but it can go hard, fam. I'm telling you, like <laughs> yeah, I think a lot. 
yeah, it's a lot of it. I think, like we said, it's like the tone of this, and then they're able to like the way cleverly do things, and things are sort of implied, or they might be they ha- might happen in a certain way, you know. And there's not maybe there's not necessarily not really a lot of blood that I can think of in this movie, but there doesn't need to be. There's like green goo that comes out of the the teddy bear's eye, which I'm okay with. But again, it's green. It's green. Goo, it's green. So they can get away. They can get away with that. Exactly. But no, I completely agree. Like I don't like. Unless, like, it's something that truly needs to have an R rating, you don't need it all that much. Especially with a movie like this movie. Like, if someone gave this movie an R rating, I would be like, why? Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't, like, I don't understand why you would. Especially because, like, there's nothing you could really, outside of, like, intense gore, but even then it would feel, like, excessive i think if it was yeah, there was intense gore exactly absolutely i i think with with both of these they're great christmas traditions because they're they're not they're not as like sugar saccharine or or sappy like other holiday movies that we're, we're so used to you know consuming um and and, and all that and i think they have also, simple messages yep simple messages they have you know the the simple message of you know it's all about togetherness and family and it doesn't like try to paint it a a specific way or a certain way it's literally just at the end of the day as long as you're with the people you love that's all that really matters that's christmas that's the holidays and i think i think real quick though we should definitely mention because um i i hope i'm saying her name right but conchetta farrell uh oh yes movie conchetta uh I, again, I, if I'm mispronouncing, I do apologize, but she is fantastic. She plays the aunt in this movie. She's so funny. She has some of the best lines. She gets to drop the one F-bomb that this PG-13 movie is allowed. And even even though two other actors try and are cut off or do have to do a different line, but she earns it. And unfortunately, um, she's one of the many people this year, unfortunately, that we lost. So... Um, it's 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 definitely sad, but at least we get to watch something like this and remember the great work that she put out into the world. And she was so good. She's super entertaining in this movie, super funny. Um, so she'll be missed for sure. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. This was a a really fun, really fun double feature with these two really iconic, um, like not a uh, not so conventional holiday characters. <laughs> Yeah, you know, one of them is it ha- has you know is relatively recent in our human history, but has become a timeless classic. While the other is a, a a very old, very old myth, and yet has had more of a modern like resurgence. Mm-hmm. And honestly, like these are definitely two movies that I don't care what's going on. In the, I don't care if there is a pandemic or not. These are movies I'm going to be watching every Christmas. Uh, yeah, like, since, like, since, like these are yeah. these are essential. Yeah, since you showed me Krampus, um, like four years ago or however long that was, um, I've definitely I've watched this every Christmas, and I showed it to my brother, and I think my brother really liked it. That was like a while ago, but anyway, that was fun. We're not done with the episode though. Listen, it is like we said, this is the final episode of 2020 for two dudes one double feature because we're not going to be doing anything for new year's we're not even coming back until january 8th and then we'll start to kind of like have somewhat of a normal schedule again or basically a normal schedule but because this is the last episode of the year obviously you know this is a moment to reflect and 
I gotta ask, dude, too. Obviously, in in times like this, you know, when you think of like end of the year, a lot of, especially a lot of, you know, reviewers, YouTubers, people on Facebook, social media will post some of their like favorite movies of the year. But we didn't get a lot of new movies. I mean, we got some, but <laughs> we didn't really get a whole slew of new movies. So I was just curious of all the new experiences to you as far as movies are concerned. What are some standouts? Like, what are some movies that you discovered during this unfortunate time in our lives that you can see yourself watching for the rest of your life? Well, one of them, <clears throat> one of them was part of our, uh, one of our earlier um, episodes, the Paddington movies, which are ap- you showed me absolutely delightful. Mm-hmm. The like, genuine like those movies will be a part of my life forever. Yeah, the, they're they're like movies I could show I could show like. You know, young people, old. It's it's really just it's great stuff. We talked about it. Definitely check out um, the Alexander Paddington um, episode if you haven't already. You know, as far as like I, I watched a lot of stuff through Arrow, as I was alluding to earlier. Arrow is definitely a big big comp- big thing that I was supporting this year. Like the Gamera movies. You remember I was like trekking through all the Gamera movies. You were obsessed with the Gamera movies. Like like Yes. It was like you like especially when you got to those nineties ones, like you were really into it. The nineties ones, the the nineties trilogy is so good. Like they, they're really just excellent giant monster movies. And Gamera the Brave is an amazing, like amazing kids movie, which sounds silly, but like as a movie for it's almost like it almost plays out like E.T. but with a giant turtle, basically. <laughs> you know what? That you sold me. It's it's <laughs> like, so good. Like, like that's a perfect pitch to sell someone on a movie. Like it's E.T. with a turtle. Yeah, I'm in. It it's so good. As far as other other stuff, uh, uh through Arrow, Flash Gordon. I I've sung my praises. Of that that was a big one for you. That was a big one for you. That was you you knew you knew I w- I wouldn't shut up about Flash Gordon for a while. <laughs> And we talked about it on our uh, on our episode Flash Gordon Rag- Ragnarok. Definitely check out our thoughts on uh, on that film and that episode. I mean, I feel like we, we discovered a lot through our, our our double features, which was really nice. It gave us an excuse to um to watch to watch new movies and experience um experience new things. Um, not that this was like the best thing I saw, but because of a double features, I did get to see Mars Attacks, and th- I had a good time watching that with you, and just. Just like the the fact that like like Tom Jones survived the alien apocalypse <laughs> with Jim Brown <laughs> in, in this weird weird costume, like that that is uh, man that was that was quite um quite the experience and uh, there was another thing I, I was like trying to like get off the top of my head as far as like stuff that I saw. Um, I, I watched this year. Oh, I, as far as like TV shows, I watched the uh, the animated the new animated Shira on Netflix because that had its final season. Yeah, this year that was one of the early things I watched in the in the lockdown, and that is a great show, um, a really good show, um, some good some good messages, and like really some some deep themes. Like when you especially when you think about like where like He Man and Shira all started, where it was like really cheesy stuff to sell you know toys. But what it, what about you? What about your your like favorite discoveries this year? I mean, Paddington number one. You know, I would like just the fact that the way that episode even came about was just me going, Joey, I fell in love with Paddington. You'd fell in love with Hamilton. Let's do an episode. 
It doesn't even matter. There's no, there's no, there's no connection at all. But let's do it. It's <laughs> like without a doubt that was that's still like one of my all time favorite episodes, just because like that, like it's so random, but it's just so perfect for us. Um, but those movies will like those movies, no matter what, will always be like uplifting, and you know they were so like, and that's that's a lot of like like the Paddington movies. A lot of things this year that um, I watched are movies that like really just made me feel good like during a time that you know the world wasn't doing that for me and so that was like that's by far one of the biggest things for me like you know watching Paddington or you know watching you know a lot of the movies that we discovered that I discovered through you know this double feature show even just like because you know I we joke about it but admittedly like me falling asleep during movies is is an issue that I've had to deal with you know because Sleep apnea is not a great thing, folks. And, you know, I like having the CPAP machine and being able to sleep at night and get oxygen without worrying about suffocating in my sleep. You know, I have more energy and so I'm able to stay awake during movies more often. And so it's, and because this is a recent thing, it's almost like I'm now having this opportunity to finally sit down and watch things. Like I joke a lot about, like I talked about the Lord of the Rings movies. And how it was so hard to get through those because I, I would fall asleep through fellowship all the time. But I but this year, because I, I I had that new, you know, part of my that new part of my life, I was able to sit down and watch these movies. So it's actually like like it's something I kept coming back to. Like I'm actually able to sit here and not worry about falling asleep or not worrying about something happening. I'm actually able to sit here and enjoy this. Maybe I'm a little antsy because I'm just like that's just how I am. But it's it's kind of awesome and so like it's it was cool that especially for this show i was able to like sit and watch all these movies and except for like one instant i never had a had an issue with sleep yeah and so it's like it's actually kind of like a, an exciting thing like again we like i said we make fun of it a little bit but it's 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 a big thing and so like i got to like i said i got to discover so many things and i got i watched a kurosawa movie for the first time mm. uh, which was really cool and i've seen two now i have a third one i still need to watch but i have it and i'm ready to watch it at some point i watched all the mission impossible movies which were half good <laughs> <laughs> uh as far as like tv shows i mean like i watched like the new ones of course like you know, I watched New Season Umbrella Academy, uh, Haunting a Hill House, which is Bly Manor this season, uh, Mandalorian, which I've been really digging, Grogu. Um, <laughs> spoiler. Yeah. Uh, you know, watching, I, I discovered uh, his Dark Materials on HBO, which I really, really loved. Uh, just, and finally sitting down and, and like checking out some shows that I hadn't seen before. Admittedly, like, if there, like, if there's one, like, of all, if there's one good thing that has come about of the time that we've had that just like kind of pause for a second, it's definitely getting a chance to like sit down and discover new things. And I think, I think we both did that tenfold this year. And I think both of us have definitely found movies. Like I'll probably, like I guarantee you I'll be watching like Mask of Zorro multiple times for the rest of my life. And I'm sure that's something that you, you wanted to happen. It's like, it's happening. I really liked it, Joey. <laughs> oh, but I was also, I, I just remembered too, you showed me Invisible Man, which mm -hmm. was very, very good. That was a great experience, just watching you cower behind, it, behind a pillow. <laughs> yes, I'm sure it was uh, for you. 
I watched the um I watched the films of Bruce Lee and hopefully we'll get you to do that at some point. You you were the man and you got me it was so nice of you. You got me that box set and I still have it and so at some point I definitely need to crack it open. Yeah, his and just really being able to appreciate him as a movie star is fantastic. But you're right. We are able to discover discover new amazing and interesting things. Um I think this podcast has really been able to broaden our horizons and it gives us gives us something fun to look forward to. Uh, week after week just something to do honestly and i'm glad i get to do it with my best friend yes same i love you buddy merry christmas Uh, happy holidays i I know okay we'll do the do the harrison ford thing that's fine (laughs) i want to try to be half as cool as him (laughs) it doesn't happen most days but anyway folks uh, if you're listening to this on Christmas, Merry Christmas, whatever you're celebrating, happy whatever, Kwanzaa, Hanukkah, or if you're just trying to get through, just I hope you're having a real, real good day. Allison, I know you're listening to this episode. Love you, Allison, and Merry Christmas. You're the number one fan. Yep. That's a fact. Yep. Fact. And folks, let's have a happy new year. Be Have a responsible and safe New Year's, so we can return to maybe I don't want to say normalcy, but something, something that we we can live with, you know, something that is good for the future. It's something where we can actually, something where we can actually like see each other in person, like just be be around each other without having to worry about anything. That's I that's what I want. Absolutely. Anyway, folks, you'll listen to us. You'll hear from us again in the new year. Have a good night. Have a good year, and have a good holiday. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to Two Dudes, One Double Feature. Thank you, thank you so much for liking the pages, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thank you for listening to the podcast, for sending nice comments, for suggesting double features, and to all our friends who helped us make this show possible. And of course, specifically to John and Kenny Armstrong, there is no two dudes without you two dudes, so thank you so much for that. And I hope you guys have a good rest of your year, and we will see you on January 8th in 2021. Have a good night, everyone, and happy holidays.